I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today we're talking about meat. I know what an odd thing for me to talk about. If you know my show, I don't, I, I don't eat meat. I, I'm, I'm plant-based. Uh, but I want to talk about meat. And I want to give you some research that's out there on what goes into the meat that you eat. Now, I've been vegan now for over three decades. I'm not asking you to do that. Please understand that. I just want to give you information so that you can make better decisions. So let's start with beef. Okay, what's the beef about beef? A study linking red meat and mortality just lit up the media pretty recently, and that's why I want to cover that one. Hundreds of media outlets uh, carried reports about the study. Headline writers, they had a field day. Red meat, death study. Will, will red meat kill you? Uh, singing the blues about red meat. The warning from the study, it's done by researchers at the Harvard uh, School of Medicine and Public Health, uh, it sounded pretty ominous. Every extra serving of unprocessed red meat, so that would be steak, hamburgers, things like that, increase your risk of dying prematurely by 13%. That's a lot. Processed red meat, things like hot dogs, sausage, bacon, things like that, up the risk to 20%. Now, the results were published in the Archives of Internal Medicine, so that's a pretty reputable journal. Now, death rates among those who ate the most red meat were higher than those who ate the least. That's pretty much what the study concluded. Now, the authors of the Archives paper suggested that increasing, uh, the increased risk of red meat may come from things like saturated fat, cholesterol, and the iron. Now, a lot of people think, wait a minute, iron? Dr. Joe, I need iron. I'm told that I have to have iron every day. Not necessarily true, especially for men. Because what happens is this. Again, we talked about cholesterol and saturated fats, things like that. But let me talk about the iron risk, especially to men and postmenopausal women. If you have too much iron in your body, the iron can oxidize. Essentially, it rusts. And that can cause uh, the irritation of the artery walls. And when the artery walls get irritated, the body lays down cholesterol, kind of like a, like a scab, for lack of a better word, over this irritated area. So one of the reasons researchers feel that men may die uh, quicker than women is because we don't have a way to get rid of excess iron. Women, when their childbearing years, have their menstrual cycle and they can get rid of excess iron. Men can't. So one of the things that I do, just as a little trick, is I donate blood every chance I can. And the reason is, A, I feel I got really good blood, so I'm giving somebody a pint of really good stuff. And B, it also helps control my iron levels. Now, as a plant, I eat plant-based, so I get a lot of iron in my diet. People say, well, if you don't eat meat, you don't get iron. Uh, wrong answer. You get plenty of iron in your diet. In fact, I, gotta, I always be careful. Now, I've never tested high for iron. I've had my blood work done. And when you donate blood, here's a little trick for you. Save some money. When you donate blood, they're going to check your iron for you. So it's a free test. So when you donate the blood, one of the things they do before they even take the blood is they test to see how much iron you have in your blood. Um, I'm always right in the middle. I'm right in the middle of normal, which is great. And again, I said normal, not average. Remember that. If you, if you listen to my shows before, you know the difference. So right in the middle of normal. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But I don't mind donating a pint of blood because I don't know where the blood goes. I'll be honest with you. Is it for elective surgery? Is it for life-saving surgery? I don't know. I don't care. I'm giving the blood, and that helps keep my iron levels in check. So it's a little trick that everyone can do if you can donate blood. Now, if you're low in iron, 
there's two types of iron supplements you can take. One is heme iron. That's what we're talking about here. Heme iron comes from blood, like hematologists, okay? So heme iron comes from blood. Non-heme iron comes from plants. Here's the catch. Heme iron is better absorbed than non-heme iron. However, if non-heme iron, plant-based iron, is uh, accompanied by vitamin C, it's absorbed just as well, if not better. So nature has a wonderful way of doing things. Where do you get vitamin C from? Your plants. So if you're taking a good source of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds as part of your diet, supplements like Dr. Joe's Super Greens, Dr. Joe's Essential Source, you're getting, most, most cases, more than enough iron. The non-heme iron, by the way, is also constipating. So here we're talking about meat, and one of the dangers of meat could be too much iron. Pretty interesting. So that's a good idea if you, want, if you don't want to pay for a blood test, go donate some blood, you get some free water at the end, bring some food with you, because I only have junk afterwards, cookies and, and donuts and stuff like that. But it's a good way to get your blood tested. So potentially cancer-causing compounds, aside from iron, are generated when cooking meat at high temperatures. And this could be uh, one of the issues. Sodium, particularly in processed foods, may also play a role. It's also possible that red meat eaters may be more likely to have higher risks of other serious life-threatening diseases. So one way to cut back on your red meat is following something called the Mediterranean-style diet. Now, you may have heard of this before. Mediterranean diet, it's really good. What is that? It's rich in plant-based foods, and it doesn't emphasize meat, unlike the, our diets in America, meat is sometimes three meals a day. Now, keep in mind, there's no such thing as the Mediterranean diet. Instead, uh, there's other ways, there's ways to build around it. So here are the basics. Fruits and vegetables, whole grains, beans, nuts, and seeds every day. Hey, wait a minute. What does that sound like? That sounds like everything I've been teaching you for the past three decades. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. That should be most of your diet. Now, here it is, 30-plus years later, showing that Dr. Joe was right. That should be the lion's share of your food. So once again, we put something in the Dr. Joe was right column. And we do that a lot, by the way. Things we talk about on these shows become mainstream, sometimes right away, sometimes decades later. But had you been following our advice 30 years ago, you would have been so cool and hip. You would have been following a healthy diet already. <gasps> wow, Dr. Joe was right. So fat, a lot of the Mediterranean diet uh, fat comes from olive oil, which can account for up to 40% of your daily calories. Not sure I totally agree with this one, but if you're going to use oil, make sure it's a good oil, like an olive oil, uh, coconut oil, avocado oil. The reason is if you're using the typical American oils in your meats, for example, frying meats, peanut oil, uh, safflower oil, uh, vegetable oil, corn oil, soybean oil, these are very high in omega-6 fatty acids. Omega-6 fatty acids increase inflammation, and every disease known to man has an inflammatory component. Now, if you've listened to my shows before, I push the anti-inflammatory lifestyle. And as a chiropractor, I want to get you well as quickly as possible. So if you come see us, let's assume you come see my doctors. And I believe my doctors are some of the best in the world. That's my opinion. Because they're my doctors. I wouldn't pick anybody who wasn't great. You come see my doctors. And we're giving you, let's assume, the best chiropractic care in the world. And we're putting back bones in place. You get rid of pain. We're opening up nerves that go to organs. And we're reducing the risk of arthritis by realigning the joints. And that's all well and good. But we want to get you the the best results as quickly as possible. So that's why we also do a nutrition workup on every one of our patients. So as you're starting to cut back your meat, I hope you are, which we're talking about today, also start cutting back your bad fats because those bad fats have omega-6 fatty acids in them. Omega-6 fatty acids increase uh, inflammation. 
things like olive oil, coconut oil, don't have that component of omega-6 fatty acids, certainly not those large quantities, and you're not going to have that inflammatory response. Back to the eating a good diet, which I've been talking about for years, that yay, Dr. Joe was right. They recommend small amounts of cheese or yogurt eaten every day, along with a serving of fish, poultry, or eggs. I disagree with this. And the reason is that if you're going to be eating small amounts, why eat any? If a, a lot is bad, a little bit is a little bad, why eat any? Doesn't make any sense to me. Red meat and dairy and eggs make an appearance now and then in this Mediterranean diet. I'm not sure you need them either. I don't eat them. I don't think you do need them at all. They also talk about small amounts of red wine. But I don't agree with that either. If you ever listened to my shows before, I talk about the seven deadly sins of nutrition. And the seven deadly sins are what? Alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. So they're kind of being liberal in this and saying, all right, you don't have to go totally plant-based. If you're going to do it, do it this way. Here's my negotiation with you. If you're going to eat animal products, I want to make sure they're organic only. And the reason is, 30, 40 years ago, when I've been preaching this, we didn't have to worry about things like steroids, chemicals, hormones, antibiotics, pesticides, herbicides, a weed killer. You're seeing commercials now. We've been talking about weed killer for years. Now there's commercials from, law, from lawyers. Have you been exposed to glyphosate? You may have a lawsuit. I talked about this years ago, folks. So if you just listen to what we say, chances are you're not going to have to worry about things happening 30 years from now. You're going to go, I didn't do it anyway. It doesn't matter. So if you're going to eat animal products, organic only. As a side note, cutting back on meat can also help the planet. So it depends what motivates you. I, I quote this one song by Olita Adams. Uh, I don't know when it was from. I don't care how you get here, just get here. I don't care what motivates you to do the right thing. Just do it. According to an eye-opening book from the, un uh, uh, from the Union of Co uh, Concerned Scientists, uh, called The Consumer's Guide to Effective Environmental Choices, meat consumption is the second most environmentally expensive consumer activity. It's just behind how we transport ourselves from place to place. But guess what? When you're eating animal products and vegetables, they have to be transported. But animal products are way more, way less cost effective. For, for example, um, uh, a pound of beef for the table creates 17 times more water pollution and 20 times more habitat alteration than making the same caloric equivalent of, let's say, pasta. So it makes sense to eat less meat, and you get a twofer. You help you, yourself, you help the environment. And again, whatever motivates you, I don't care. All right, let's talk about processed meat. That was just plain old red meat. Recently, the World Health Organization, International Agency on Research, uh, Research on Cancer, announced that consumption of processed meat is carcinogenic to humans. Bam. How can we make this any clearer? It's carcinogenic to human. And the consumption of red meat is probably carcinogenic to human. It's called a group 2A as opposed to group 1A. Now, the report differentiates the two meats like this. Processed meat, meat that's been transformed through salting, curing, fermentation, smoking, and other processes to enhance the flavor or improve preservation. Red meat, again, processed versus red. Red meat is unprocessed mammalian muscle. I love that. Muscles from mammals, such as beef, pork, lamb, uh, mutton, horse, and goat meat. I know people say, oh my God, it's so gross. You can't eat a horse. It's so disgusting. Why? Why is that different than a cow? Why is it different than a pig? Why is it different than a dog or a cat? I don't quite get that differentiation. If you're going to do it, do it. You know, but of course, I don't think you should do it. Consumption of processed meats were classified as carcinogenic and red meat probable carcinogenic. Conclusions were primarily based on the evidence from colorectal cancer. That's what they based it on. Data also showed positive associations between processed meat consumption and stomach cancer. 
and between red meat and pancreatic and prostate cancer. One group, just colon cancer, they consider it carcinogenic, pro processed meat. Meat processing, such as curing, which is adding nitrates or nitrites, or smoking can lead to the for uh, for uh, for formation of potentially cancer-causing chemicals, such as N-nitroso compounds and polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. It's one of my favorite words, by the way, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. That happens when we cook it. We'll talk about that in a second. Meat also contains, we talked about heme iron, which can facilitate the production of carcinogenic compounds. So wait a minute. Cooking, it's bad. It has the heme iron in it, it's bad. It's not good for the environment. It, it, commercial meats oftentimes have steroids, chemicals, hormones, antibiotics, pesticides, herbicides, tranquilizers, uh, genetically modified food they're fed, a weed killer. Doesn't sound like it's too tempting anymore, does it? So when you cook the meat, especially at high temperatures, cooking includes cooking meat over an open flame. For example, pan frying, grilling, barbecuing can produce carcinogenic compounds, like I said, including hetero heterocyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, uh, heterocyclic, uh, heterocyclic amines, and PAHs. Okay, that's a polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons. It's important to keep in mind that research estimates uh, to, that pertain to cancer deaths only, they're only talking about cancer now. It's well known that besides increasing the risk of some cancers, high red meat and processed meat intake also increases the risk of chronic and potentially life-threatening diseases such as coronary heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes. I, I don't know how to make this any clearer for you folks. Why would you do something knowing processed meat is a known carcinogen, red meat potential, but I'm going to think it is. Why would you put something in your body that you know is dangerous? There's only one thing that I can think of that would make you do this, and that is it tastes good. Now, I haven't had animal products in over 30 years. I remember things tasting good. I'm not going to lie to you. However, now I couldn't even think about it. The thought of it, would just, I couldn't imagine putting it in my mouth. But if that's your only motivation, there are about 120,000 other things that taste good and a whole lot cheaper than anything you're doing right now. So going to more of a plant-based diet, I don't see any downside to it. It tastes good. It's better for the environment. It's better for you. Chances are you're going to live longer. One study I read said that if you gave up just dairy products, you would increase the quality of life, years, quality years in your life, by eight years. If you go to a plant-based diet, you're probably going to increase your quality, quality years by 11. So if I had a pill, and I had this pill, and I can say, all right, Jerry, I want you to take this pill, and it's going to give you probably, very likely, 11 quality years of life. Would you take it? Absolutely. How much could I charge for that pill? Anything I wanted. You would pay anything if I could say I'm going to give you eight quality years or 11 quality years of your life. And yet, here's the answer, and it's free. So I don't get why people do it. I still don't understand it. Some people purchase nitrate-free processed meats. They think, well, not without the nitrates, because nitrates, when they're heated, are, in the meat, they become nitrosamines. Nitrosamines are the known carcinogens. That's a fairly new food trend, nitrate-free. Could that help make processed meat less carcinogenic? So the so-called nitrate-free processed meats are often preserved with celery juice. Celery juice has nitrates in it. I have a friend of mine who works in the food industry. He taught me all about this. And it's, it's just a plant-based nitrate. Now, the source of the nitrates added to meat preservation will likely not matter. As long as it's a nitrate, it's going to become a nitrite. Nitrites, uh, when you're heated, become nitrosamines, and there's your cancer. Furthermore, processed meats can also contain other carcinogenic compounds, such as, like we said, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which are formed during the smoking of the meat, like when you make things like salami. I'm Italian. I used to enjoy salami. Processed meats 
particularly those containing red meat, also contain the heme iron, uh, which can enhance the formation of carcinogenic compounds. We talked about that. Until we know more about the exact mechanisms underlying the relationship between processed meat and cancer, again, I think we have enough already, it's best to treat those nitrate-free processed meats the same as any other processed meats and limit your intake. It's not hard. It's really easy. You may ask about chicken or turkey or hot dogs or turkey bacon. I love that one. Also, people think that they're safer than regular bacon or hot dogs uh, containing red meat such as pork and, and, and beef. Chicken and turkey hot dogs and turkey bacon also contain preservatives such as nitrates. However, those meat contain less heme iron than processed meats from red meats. So is it better? It might be a little bit not as bad. I hate to use the word better. Now, are processed meats made from so-called organic meats any safer? Again, we're talking about the processed meats. Remember, processed meats are processed. You know, they're cured or they're smoked or they're salted. Red meat is not done that. Have, has not done that. So now organic meats, processed organic meats, are generally treated with natural nitrate, nitrates, uh, such as celery juice or smoked, same thing. Uh, at this point, there's just not enough data to conclude that those meats are any safer than non-organic meats. Yes, you're not going to be getting a lot of the steroids, hormones, chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, uh, genetically modified food the animals are fed, but it's still bad. So again, if you're going to eat animal products, I recommend organic, but I'm trying to convince you that I really would rather you don't do that anyway. Now, let's move on to some shocking reasons you need to stop eating chicken. Chicken? How could that be? Chicken's great. Chicken's a health food. I do it without the skin, people say. Well, that's okay, but it's still not a health food. All over the world, chickens seem to be the go-to food, and people are convinced that birds make healthier options than pigs or cows. But under all these false promises, the leanness, the best source of protein, low in fat, poultry is not an ideal health food. I had a doctor one time work for me, and she was from Argentina. And when she came to America, she said, I couldn't eat American meat for about three years. I had to force myself to start eating American meat because it tasted so different. Now, when I was a kid, I remember watching chickens be raised. My grandparents uh, had a little store and they had a little, little raised chickens in the back. Now, the chickens were small and they took about eight months to get big enough to eat. Commercial chickens now, how long does it take to get them to, from birth to slaughter? About eight weeks. And in those eight weeks, those chickens have gotten big enough to eat. And also, if you remember, uh, when you were a kid, if you were old enough to remember this, the chicken, like I said, the chickens were smaller, even the chicken breasts. Now we have these monster chicken breasts. You don't even know if they're turkeys or not. They're so big. And a lot of that has to do with what we're feeding the chickens. Sometimes the chickens are fed so much, and this happens to, to pigs too, they get so fat, their legs can't support them. And so they have to lay there and they just feed them. So from a humane standpoint, that's not cool. But we're talking more nutrition today. It certainly isn't a health food. Now, I've rounded up some facts about chickens that uh, we might make you second guess those nuggets that you want to have today. Poultry can have the same impact as on cholesterol as red meat. There you go. Bam. Step number one. Many people swap out red meats for chicken in a bid to lower their cholesterol levels and be healthier. But they're probably just wasting their time. Switching from red meat to white meat likely won't make any difference in cholesterol, and there's really no surprise, given how fat we've genetically engineered these chickens by feeding them genetically modified food, sometimes it's up to 10 times what would be the normal size. The more fat uh, than we used a century ago, certainly, and that's a big issue. And also, 
Now, when I was a kid, I grew up really poor. My father was disabled. We grew up really poor. We had meat as a side dish sometimes, but a lot of the meals we ate were plant-based, not because they were healthy, but because they were cheap. And so we had, I would grow up Italian, half Italian, half German. Pasta fazool, potato salads, pastas, uh, a lot of salad. We had salad at every meal. And if you're a real true Italian, you know, when, when do you have your salad? The end of the meal. So I remember going to my grandmother's house on Sunday. My father came from a family of 10 kids. He was one of 10. So every Sunday, you were expected to go to grandma's house. You were never invited. You were expected to go. You went to church in the morning. You went to grandma's house in the afternoon. And she always made this lavish spread of food. Unbelievable how delicious it was. Off the chart. And then after you stuffed yourself silly, then came the salad. And you had to eat the salad. That was a rule. But grandma, oh, my mouth is watering. Grandma and grandpa made their own vinegar. They made their own wine. And then they let it sour. I don't know how they did it, but it became vinegar. And nothing in the world, as far as I'm concerned, tasted anything like grandpa's vinegar. And you ate that salad no matter how full you were. But here's the thing. Meat was always a side dish. It was never the main course. And now what we've done, we've made meat our main course. Not a good idea because it's not the food we need. We need the nutrients from fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. So with grandma, we'd have vegetables. We'd always have some type of vegetable. We'd have a little bit of meat. We'd always have some little bit of pasta. People say, well, Italians eat a lot of pasta. Eh, yeah, but it's small amounts. It's again, it's mostly side dishes. And then you had the big salad at the end. So they understood how to do it. They didn't quite understand why to do it. What we're teaching you now is why. The science is there that our grandparents knew how to eat, and we're messing it up. Back to chicken. Slaughter of the birds, pretty horrifying. There's little to no cruelty regulations in the chicken industry. In fact, birds have officially been exempted from the Humane Methods of Slaughter Act. How's that for weird? U.S. Department of Agriculture exempt birds from its enforcement of the Humane Methods of Slaughter. Now, I always laugh at the words humane methods of slaughter. I'm not sure that's an interesting word. Uh, which, that, and that requires farm animals to be uh, uh, insensible to the pain they're when they're shackled and killed, before they're shackled and killed. So what they do is like a, for a pig or a cow, if you've ever been to a slaughterhouse, they'll shock them. And then they're not supposed to feel the pain, and then they kill them. But I've been to slaughterhouses. It's a little weird. According to Humane Society of the United States, around 90 billion chickens and turkeys are killed for meat every year in the United States. These intelligent animals spend their entire lives in total confinement, more chickens are raised and killed for food than any other land animals combined. That's why chickens everywhere. If you ever go to a slaughterhouse, birds are hung upside down. Uh, they're cut open by machines. Um, they're immersed in scalding hot water, and they're usually still alive when that happens. So not a good idea. 97% of retail chicken breast is contaminated with dangerous bacteria, according to some media reports. Tests conducted on raw chicken purchased in the United States found 97% of tested chicken breast harbored bacteria that could make you sick. Analysis discovered high rates of intestinal bacteria, including E. coli, salmonella. So once again, from a health standpoint, you're taking a risk. If you're going to eat meat, make sure you cook it because you want to kill off the viruses, germs, bacteria, parasites. So now what happens is they still have them. They're just cooked. So you have cooked parasites. I don't know if that's one of your favorite meals. Uh, chickens are pretty intelligent animals. Okay, they're pretty smart. They can be as smart as cats and dogs. They can solve problems. Uh, commercial chickens oftentimes are stuffed with cancer causing arsenic. Food and Drug Administration admitted that chicken meat is filled with arsenic in many cases, not all, but most. It's a highly poisonous chemical that's four times more toxic than mercury. The substance that's given to chickens because it promotes quicker weight gain and less feeding, and it also enhances the pink, the pink color, which makes it look good, of course. 
When ingested, arsenic can lead to invasive squamous cell carcinoma, uh, Bowen disease, uh, cancer, uh, skin cancer carcinomas, uh, liver, kidney, lung problems, bladder problems. And although the FDA is trying to convince the public that chicken might be safe, uh, despite the amount of arsenic found in it, uh, experts have issued a warning about the responsibility of arsenic to fetus damage. Chicken meat is filled with bacteria, and it's now being recommended that women, especially if you're pregnant, stay away from it. So chicken may not be a healthier choice either. So we're kind of getting, we got a lot more to cover. We want to talk about pork, we want to talk about fish, and then options, of course. So again, if you're going to eat animal products, I don't recommend you do. I'm going to negotiate with you because I'm a realist. Try to do organic so you can avoid some of those chemicals. And try to avoid grilling them because it creates those grill marks, which then creates the polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, um, and those can be very dangerous as well. So folks, we're talking about nutrition today in animals. Most of us, if we're eating a high meat diet, don't get enough nutrients. So the minimum supplements you should be taking every day should be Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. They're on the website, drjoe.com. If you have a health problem, neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, if you've ever been in a car accident, if the car was damaged, you were damaged. You need to come see us right away. Stop suffering needlessly. Go to my website right now, drjoe.com. We have offices in the Atlanta area, Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We want to be your doctors. And if you come in, don't worry. I'm not going to try to make you a vegetarian. I just give you information so that you can get the, in, the information you need to get well and stay well. So to make an appointment, go to our website, drjoe.com. I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on the WSB Radio app.